Welcome back to The Edge, live in your Bleacher Report app. It was a crazy day in the NFL, so let's get right into it. You're with your boy, Micah Parsons. Let's get straight into it. Always, big game, big game, big win, big win. Another dominant performance. Cowboys, Giants, it's what we love to see. Uh, like I said, we always love to get back on the winning train. We got a chance to have another big one to go back-to-back uh, against the Panthers next week, but you know we'll get into that later. Biggest takeaway? Um... I told y'all, Dak for MVP. Dak has been playing at extremely high level since the 49ers game. Yes, the 49ers game, he wasn't his best, uh, whatever, whatever. Bad games happens. But from then on, Dak has been a man on a mission. It has been great to see. I love to see it. He is playing at an extremely high level. 26 for 35, 404 yards, five total touchdowns in three quarters. Currently number three in QBR this season. He is playing lights out. That's my QB. QB1 for sure, without a doubt about it. And then my dog, huh, huh, 88. 88 for a reason. Number 88, CD Lamb, 11 reception, 151 yards, one touchdown. It's actually funny because I went up to CD and I was like, well... You know, uh, A.J. Brown, he had six games straight over uh, 125. And after he had about 140 in the game, he said, you ever see somebody go for 150 three games in a row? I said, nope, I haven't. And he answered the call, the first player in NFL history with three straight games with 10-plus receptions and 150-plus reception yards. He is, without a doubt, a number one receiver. He is a top three receiver in the league. And there, there's no arguments about it. And if I get my top three right now, who's playing at an elite level right now it has to be Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, and C.D. Lamb. I don't even think it's a it's a discussion. He is a number one. There was questions going into the season. Can C.D. be a number one? Can he do this? Can he do that? And he answered the call. C.D. is a number one receiver. He is one of the best, if not the best receiver in the league right now in a three-week span. He He's breaking numbers, box office, whatever you want to put it. C.D. is that guy. And we need to start putting respect on his name. He did 190 against the Eagles, 150 plus. And then it's just something we're starting. He's almost averaging 100 yards a game at this point in uh, the season. So another big game out of him. And and you see what he's doing. So, man, uh, CD. And then I I see a lot of reactions. A lot of fans want to know my thoughts about, you know, what I was tweeting and about me playing off-ball linebacker. Listen, nobody's perfect. All teams aren't perfect. Um, like I said, it was scheme. They decided they wanted me off ball. I just show up and, you know, play, you know, at the end of the day, I, I have no control over what's called or what I'm doing. I just, I just got to have faith in the coaches and what's going on and things like that. So, um, there, there, there's nothing more I can put on that. Um, but let's just get right into football. Cowboys over big win. Let's get it. Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? But a wild Sunday fans are talking about the AFC North race. Let's bring that up. Both Bengals and Bills are currently out of the playoff picture. Is there something to worry about? And honestly, there isn't really nothing to worry about when it comes to the Bengals. Yes, they just don't have grace because they had a rough start with Joe Burrow's injury and things like that. But I don't think there's nothing truly to worry about. And then it's starting to say, are the Texans going to make this jump in are the Texans going to make the playoffs? And I think they have a chance. They have a chance with C.J. Stride at quarterback. I think the finals, I think the AFC is extremely tough. You know, when you look at these teams and what they're doing and what C.J. Stroud's doing, he went down to Houday Nation and just did what he did. You know, another comeback, you know, gutsy win. I mean, it's tough to say, but I do think the Browns, I mean, the Bengals will make a way. Um 
The Bengals will make a way. I don't know about the Bills. They have to start playing a lot better football. They haven't been playing the elite level of playoff football we've been seeing, but the Bengals have. So that's something we would like to see. I think the Bengals will make it. I think the Texans will make it. And obviously, you know the Browns will make it. Um, What is the comeback win for the Browns say about them? What I've been telling you, people, the Browns are the real deal. They are an elite playoff team. I wouldn't be surprised by playoff time if they're number two or number three seed. They are playing great football and they're doing this with injuries. Deshaun Watson is finding ways to win. Yes, he makes mistakes. Yes, he's getting back in football. But he is showing a way. He's finding a way. That defense is serious. Greg Newsom, a huge pick to send that game to where it did. And Deshaun Watson, the kicker, did the rest. But you have to realize this defense is a real thing. They just be, if not the best team in NFL football right now. And that was the Baltimore Ravens. And they had a win. They came back what a lot of people thought they couldn't do. Listen, people, the Browns are going to surprise a lot of people this year. I know everyone has high hopes for these teams, but they are the real deal. Do not sleep on them no more. They are coming for heads. They're turning heads. And I've been looking the whole way since the very beginning because I've seen it coming. Fans are questioning about the Steelers. What are the reason they are 6-3? and three? Well, let me tell you a reason. What I've been telling you people for years and for, for however football will continue to go along Defense wins championships. When you have T.J. White, Alex Highsmith, and you have this back end, Joey Porter, who's playing at elite level, might win Defensive Rookie of the Year. He should win Defensive Rookie of the Year if, if Jalen Carter doesn't take over because Jalen Carter's been playing at elite level. But you guys have to realize that defense will always prevail. No matter how good your quarterback is, no matter how good your running back is, or how good your receiver is, if they cannot move the ball, if they cannot put up words, you have a great chance at winning football. Defense will always win championships. And that's the history of football. Without a defense, you cannot win. It doesn't matter. If it's a shootout, you must get stops. And the Steelers find ways to get stops and they score on defense. So it does not matter. Defense will win championships. That's why the Steelers are uh, six and three. They find a way on defense. They are hold, They have a top defense. And that's what it's about. And, and you say, who is the best team in the AFC North? Can we pull up the AFC North again, please? The best team in the and it's tough because these is all great teams. I think this is, if not one of the best divisions in football. But right now, it, it still has to be the Ravens. But I, if if I were to put it in order, it has to go Baltimore, Cleveland, uh, Bengals, and Pittsburgh. Just because you really do want to see a little bit more out of Pittsburgh's offense, you do want to see Kenny Pickett play better. But if that defense doesn't. Come on that day. If that defense doesn't show up, can they still win games with Kenny Pickett? Can Kenny Pickett go win them the game? That's the only reason why they're not ranked higher. Do you have belief that Kenny Pickett can win that game? But other than that, this is a solid, this is the best division of football right now, without a doubt. And and it sucks because they're all in the same division. So this is something you love to see. Uh, That's my order. The Baltimore Ravens is still at the number one right now. Um, They're still explosive, still have one of the best defenses. Um, But like I said, you just can't turn the ball over. And Cleveland had the big stops and found a way. Another big matchup was 49ers-Jaguars. What does this game say about the 49ers or the Jaguars? Well, first, I want to say with the 49ers doing what they're doing, right? The 49ers are fully healthy. They are a scary team. Having Debo, the creativity of Kyle Shanahan has been truly something amazing to see. I was watching the game, and I said, they just ran a post-trap fake jet sweep with Trent Williams. When you have Trent Williams back in the lineup, you can do so many more amazing things. They find a way to utilize his strength. They find a way to utilize Debo. Um, and we had some questions, and, and I was always a big supporter of the Jaguars, and I still am. 
But they showed up. They found a way to dominate the Jaguars on both sides of the ball where I thought the Jaguars might have played better defensively, played with a little bit more effort. I thought the Jaguars offensively struggled a lot, only putting up three points. But that can bring up the point that the 49ers have the, one of the best D-lines in football. Chase Young had his debut. He had a half sack, two BQB hits. Nick Bosa, a sack and a half. Javon Hargrave, a sack and a half. That D-line is scary. And then Fred Warner with an interception uh, picks. I mean, we have to be real, folks. The 49ers went fully healthy. They are a scary unit. Um, I don't... I think the Jaguars can play better. I don't think the Jaguars played their brand of football, without a doubt. I do think, so I'm not going to punish the Jaguars for that loss, but it does show you what the 49ers are capable of. They dominate teams when they're fully healthy and when they're out there on the field. So it, it just shows you the 49ers, is, I know they're happy to get back on the wind palm, and they dominated a good team like the Jacksonville Jaguars, which is important. Another NFC team that's been making a lot of noise is the Detroit Lions. Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery went off. And where do they rank amongst RB duos in the league? Um, I would they're easily top three, um, if not top two, uh, without a question. And and and, and they're dominating. And, and when you have two running backs over hundred plus yards, it's easy. It's very easy. It's not even a question. Um, they're top three. But that goes out to the old linemen, the run game, everything they're doing, um, what their coach is doing, you know, the creativity to get these guys going and things like that. The Lions have been a real deal quite some time. They continue to dominate football and win games on this run game. Uh, they're living, dying, and buying, by, and Jared Goff's making the throws. So it's always important to see. Um, after this gritty win, where do you rate the Lions in the NFC? Um, and, they, and they won six of their last seven games. I, I will have to rank the Lions a top five team in the NFC. Um, without a without a question, um, depending on how you want to argue it, how you want to look at it, uh, strength of schedule, who they played, they beat some great teams. They beat the Kansas City Chiefs um, and teams like that. So the Lions are easily a top five team. And there's just no question about it in the NFC. They're going to make a run in playoffs. Um, they're going to be uh, a top, you know, four seed. And, you know, I think they're going to win their division. They're going to win that NFC North division. So the Lions, it's a team that we see later next month. And, you know, it's a team that we're going to worry about. And I only think they're going to have a handful of uh, losses. And that's just the truth about it. On the other side, Sunday was the Chargers' 13th loss by three or fewer points since the team drafted Justin Herbert. That's the most such losses in the NFL over that span. What are the Chargers missing? I think the Chargers aren't really missing anything. I think they have the front. Um, they have a pretty good O-line, um, and they have a lot of great weapons. It, it just comes down to uh, discipline, accountability, and find a way to edge out these teams. I think that's the difference between uh, good and great teams. The Chargers are a really good team, but they're just not great yet. Great teams like the Eagles, the 49ers, they find ways to win. Um, even the Browns, they found a way to win by that small margin. They find a way to overcome adversity. Um, when adversity hits, they got to find a way to overcome. And, and that's just the truth about it. You have all the pieces. It's just come down to the players and coaches. They got to find a way to win in that margin. And that's just the reality of it. Um, so I don't think, I think they're a really good team though. They have the quarterback. They have Kenan Allen. They have Eckler. And they have Derwin James. They have Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, uh, Morgan Fox. They have great players. Kenneth Murray on their team. They just have to find a way to win the close games because that's what the great teams do. Uh, another player that has been dominating in and out this year, he's on another roster, and that's Josh Dobbs. 
I talked about Josh Dobbs with Gilly on Friday, and he went off against his first start. But then he comes out and does it again. 23 for 34, 260 yards, two total touchdowns. I mean, the man didn't even know where the locker room was. Like, let's be real, folks. This might be our comeback player of the year, and it should be. Um, I think people have to realize the adversity and the things he overcame to be at this point. You know, left Cleveland, ended up in Arizona. Now he's in the Vikings and wins two games. You know, um, and, and it's looking scary. And he did this without Justin Jefferson. They still don't have Justin Jefferson. Um, he's finding ways to get everybody involved in the game. I think that's the hardest part about battling a new quarterback because you don't know his reads. You don't know who he likes to go to yet. And, you know, and he's taking advantage of that. Um, and look what Justin Jefferson said. I cannot wait to get back on the field with this team again. He doesn't have Justin Jefferson. We have to realize Josh Dobbs is playing at an extremely high level. I mean, and then when you add Justin Jefferson, we already know what he's capable of. He's the gritty man. He does it all. And, you know, he's a top five receiver in this league. I mean, like, let's be real. Josh Dobbs can lead these guys to a playoff spot. They're currently ranked seventh. If Josh Dobbs leads the Vikings to the playoffs and holds that down, even when a playoff game, what does that mean for him? Does he get an opportunity to start for a team? Does he get his opportunity to be that guy? Because he hasn't gotten that opportunity yet. He hasn't got his full opportunity. He's been bounced around a lot in this league, but he's making it happen. He's seen every look. He's played in so many different systems. Can he get the opportunity to be a number one? Um, and I would love to see that for him. He's uh, he's overcoming everything. Can he get his opportunity? Because he hasn't gotten it yet. Another big team, but this is more AFC, is the Raiders. The Raiders are 2-0 under Antonio Pierce. My first initial reaction was, you know, obviously with McDaniels getting fired and, you know, they're starting off so bad, you're like, are, are they tanking? Are they going to go get uh, Caleb Williams in the draft? Are, what, what are they planning? But they said, hold up, wait a minute. I'm not finished, and they're going 2-0. They're smoking cigars in the locker room. They're, the energy's higher. They're dancing. This is what a fun, winning locker room environment should look like. I'm glad my guy, Devontae Adams, is finally happy. Um, this is what it should be like. Um, like, people to fail to realize, like, coaching matters. It, it, it's not so much to the players. It's about the coaches. How do you treat the players? How do the players treat each other in the locker room? And this is what you love to see. I think the Raiders, I don't know. It might be too late. It might not. We'll see how they finish the year. But the Raiders is a good team. They have a lot of good players. Can they put it all together, though? Can they keep putting it all together? And it's and it's extremely important because if they do, and they do end up with a top 10 pick, they get a guy to add to this beautiful roster that they have, and they make a run next year. And do they give Antonio Pierce a deserving chance? I would love to see him finish the year out strong and let him get an opportunity to keep coaching this team because they obviously love him. Players are talking about they'll run through a wall for him, and, and that's the environment you have because that's the type of environment we have in the Dallas Cowboys. We have that run through the wall for our coaches, loving and you know, beautiful relationship between everyone in the building. But on the flip side, you know, you're seeing this in college, you're seeing this in the NFL. Coaches are getting these big $10 million, $5 million, $6 million contracts fully guaranteed. And, and you're starting to see this trend that coaches getting fired. Like Jimbo Fisher still owed $70 million and he won't be there no more. Like that is outrageous. You, you can't even imagine a player that has put more effort, put more pain, put more suffering into uh, players and they're not 
they're not seeing anything from it. They get released, they get let go, and they're not owed anything. And they put way more into uh, the team, everything they have, than these coaches do. You know, sometimes you see a coach last one year, two years, but you see uh, players like Zeke or players like uh, all across the league, Chandler Jones or however it may be, they put five, seven years of hard-earned years into these programs and they just get let go with nothing to gain from it. So, you know, you start to see this trend and, and it's not just these players. It, it's a bunch of players that might get let go if they're not still putting up the same numbers or whatever, whatever it may be. Um, and they just let these guys go. But these coaches are still getting so much money. And I'm not taking away coaches. There's great coaches that deserve it and uh, so forth. But I, I think there needs to be a little bit more balance, a little bit more fairness into this equation. Because and, and that's just the reality. We're giving these coaches millions. And, and, and it starts to make you think, why aren't they charged against the cap? You know, um, they're not charged against the cap. But uh, all these players are. I get it. But. At the end of the day, let players get more guaranteed. Let players get fully guaranteed contracts. Let's guarantee their future as you same do these coaches, especially your high-caliber players. You know, I think guys like Lamar Jackson deserve a fully guaranteed deal. Whether he gets injured or not, or he's not sustaining the type of play level he's at. But at the end of the day, you guys have to realize Lamar is selling jerseys, selling tickets. You're going there to see Lamar. You're not going to see the owners. You're not going to see the coach. And that's just the reality. He's bringing more value to the organization than these coaches are. And, and and that's just the reality of it. Raiders are playing somewhere between 40 and 80 million to Josh McDaniel and John Gruden to not coach. That's two coaches making close to $80 million. You're not coaching. Is that fair? I believe not. But in reality, this is the world we live in. This is the sport we play. Um, extremely grateful, extremely blessed to be in these opportunities. But it, it's just not fair. The, the equality within the players is just not there. And, and you see it time and time again. There was actually a funny moment over the weekend, and we're going to move past this, where it was Michigan's interim coach. And I tweeted about this. It was his interview, uh, Sharon Moore, after the game. And, and to say was, that this, this has was, been a crazy 24 hours for your guys to win on the road in this environment when there were doubts. Sharon, what does it mean to you? Well, I thank the Lord. Well, I thank Coach Harbaugh. Fucking love you, man. I love the shit out of you, man. This is for you. For this university, the president, our AD. We got the best players, best university, best alumni in the country. Love you guys. These fucking guys right here. These guys right here, man. These guys did it. These guys did it, man. Talk to him, man. Love you. I mean, my thoughts are right. I thought it was a little funny. But, you know, that's the love and passion we love to see for the game. You can tell this guy truly cares about uh, the kids he worked for. You can tell he cares about the university. Uh, he's grateful for his opportunity. And it's not often, uh, you know, young men like him get an opportunity to coach. So, you know, he's he's getting – and he went to a hostile environment. He went there and beat my Nittany Lions. And, and that's hard to do. And, you know, we just all thought it was dragged because it, it almost seemed like, you know, Harbaugh had passed away or something like that. If you ain't known better, you just saw that interview. Um, you know – you you would think something was what happened to John Harbaugh. I think that's why a lot of people's reactions was that. But, you know, I thought it was a great interview. Um, I don't think there's nothing wrong with anything that he said. I just thought, you know, a lot of people might have thought it was a little dramatic, but you love to see that passion. You love to see everything he's bringing to the game. Um, what are my thoughts about Har sidelines uh, Harbaugh suspension? I mean, I honestly hate that type of suspension. I think you should just find a school or something like that uh, to take away a head coach, someone that they love playing for, someone they, that they love having around, um, taking him on the sidelines so he can't coach him. That's, that's tough. And then say he can only coach during the week. 
I mean, there's a lot that goes into that. You know, I think a lot of players look to, to their coaches in times of need. Uh, when it comes to time management, game management situations, um, what hardball does the best. Uh, so I, I hate that type of suspension. Um, and he said they should Michigan should be America's team. Now, that's something I disagree with. Uh, America's team should always be Penn State. After all the adversity and things that Penn State been through, we should be America's team. Um, I don't agree with that. Michigan has always, you know, they, they can never be America's team, especially after Ohio State's dominance over the last, you know, decade or so. Yes, they have been winning the last two years, um, but we cannot just start America's team like that. Thoughts on all the Michigan players. And, you know, it's tough for the Michigan players. You see their reaction. They're all tweeting bad. They're they're feeling emotional. Even Tom Brady joined in. Uh, obviously, it, it's more. It's always more than just, you know, the player-coach relationship is so important. And, and you just hate to see that. You know, I, and I just don't agree. And, you know, it, it's wrong. And last but not least, I want to get – well, second to not least, I want to get into my man, C.J. Stroud. I told y'all last week he was coming for heads. He was coming for next. And you still continue to see it. C.J. Stroud is dominating the NFL. He is making it look so easy. Like, he is 4-1 against teams with a winning record. He has beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's beat the Steelers. He just beat the Bengals. Teams that you would think is so dominant. So dominant. Like, I think, like, we are... We cannot confuse this. C.J. Stroud is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL right now. He is. He should be in a conversation for MVP. He might just win it all, be the second player ever to win offensive rookie and uh, MVP in the same season. He's playing that elite level. He has guys like Noah Brown. Noah was a great player for us, and he's balling in Houston. Noah Brown, second game over 100 yards in a row. Uh, Tank Dell's playing at a really elite level. Dalton Schultz is playing at a really elite level. He is making the players around him so much better. C.J. Stroud, is, he cemented himself. It's not even a, like, it shouldn't even be a conversation. He is an MVP caliber right now. He is playing the best football, and he's doing with less. He's playing at a Patrick Mahomes level, if not a right below. People do not realize that. The, he is making a statement right now. And I've and I seen a lot of conversation with people bashing uh, Bryce Young because he's 1-8. And, and do they regret not taking C.J. Stroud, the Panthers? Absolutely not. And this is why I hate this because we love to just throw people in the dirt when they're down. Let Bryce Young develop. I think C.J. Stroud may have went into a little bit better situation. Um, there, there, there's not a lot in Carolina right now. You know, you a lot of people said about their offensive creativity. I don't think they're using to him strength. Bryce Young, uh, their offensive line hasn't been the best. You could say the running game hasn't been the best. Uh, the receivers hasn't really been the best. Um, so there's a lot more at hand that Bryce has to deal with. So there, there's that. So I don't think we should just throw away Bryce just yet. I think we should let him get a couple years, give him that same grace as we did everybody else. And, and you know, it, I think it's truly not fair. Even guys like Trevor Lawrence who struggled their first year, look how well he's doing now that he has Calvin Ridley, uh, Zay Jones. They went ahead, Evan Ingram. He grew. He grew. Uh, it just takes times. You got to build a team that, that supports him and around him. I think he's very good. You've seen it in his tape. He can make those elite passes. He can do that. But it comes down to coaching. It comes down to talent around. 
give him time. Let him break out. I think Bryce Young will have his breakout year. It's just not this year. It will be in the upcoming years, but he still be good. And actually, we'll play Bryce Young this week. I'm extremely excited to play him. I think he has a chance to be a league QB at this level. Let's just let him keep building. It's going to be a fun game. Um, I'm going to go over the game plan right after this and, and get straight into it. Um, but like I said, we can't sleep on this team. We have to bury this team. Um, and we have to keep winning forward because we got an extremely hard schedule. It's November, December football. Uh, y'all know what it is. It's the importance. Everything about this is importance. And that's the last but not least. I'm going to see y'all there Sunday. Let's take some final questions from the chat. Yes, I do believe Washington will figure it out. You know, they have a great OC over there that came from the Chiefs to help Patrick Mahomes. Sam Howell's going to continue to get better. They're going to keep making picks. They let go of their edges, but they still have that elite wide receiver talent. They still have, you know, uh, things around them. The coaching is good. They're changing the culture. They're trying to change the culture. So I think Washington will figure it out, and we play them, you know, on Thanksgiving. So it will be a fun game. Do you care about your stat sheet if you guys still get the W? No, always the win is extremely important. I think just the competitive side, you always want to do better. You always want to play your best. You always want to be elite, and that's just the reality of it. It has nothing to do. It's about your personal uh, goals mixed in with your team goals and things like that. Yo, Micah, have you come up with a name for your concept celebration? Not yet. I'm holding on to it. But when I do, it will be funny. It will be, uh, you know, a little crazy. But I want it to be different. I want to be different uh, out of the ordinary, outside the box. Um, Would you rather see Philly for a third time or San Fran for a second time in the playoffs? Honestly, it don't matter. We have a motto in our room. Line up, get effed up. And that's simple as that. Uh, when it comes to playoff time, it don't matter who you face. You might have to play them anyway, so you ain't no avoiding. You got to take everything head on. And that's just reality of football and in life. I got so mad. I got barbecue sauce on my uh, Michael Parsons jersey Sunday. Uh, hey, man, we going to get you a new jersey, bro. Because, come on, man. And, and put down the barbecue sauce. No eating barbecue wings during game time and always choose buffalo always choose buffalo buffalo is the best flavor uh can i get a birthday shout out micah uh hey i want to give a shout out to nj curtis x happy birthday brother uh wish you all the best uh love and more blessings forever in your endeavor brother keep going keep striving and keep achieving and always find a way to change someone's life around you brother hey i appreciate y'all for tuning into the edge i'm gonna see y'all next monday love and appreciate y'all forever man love